Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Hello everyone. Like I said, I wasn't going to be, I'm not always going to have that energetic opening like I did last time. See, I hold my promises. But I hope your day is just as nice and beautiful as this Sunday is for me. I mean, I look out the window, it's raining, but... I like the rain. All right. Now, <clears throat> sorry. I, uh, I I know this is all about games and stuff like that. That's what, what this whole channel is about. But I do want to take a moment to talk about a movie. And I 100% completely swear that it will tie back into today's topic. So, like, I totally swear that'll happen. But, yeah, I saw Detective Pikachu yesterday. All right. And <laughs> it was so close to being amazing. There was this one thing that held it back from being amazing. And like I said, I swear 100% this ties into to games. I, I will show you. And not about the Texas Pikachu video game. I'm talking about just the movie. But it, it'll tie back to the day topic, I swear. So I'll put, like, a, a stamp in the uh, description because I still, like, it, could, it might not be spoilers, but I want to say spoilers anyway because I feel like what I'm going to say is very important to the story and just some of the stuff I talk about could be impactful to the story, but I'm not entirely, like, sure. It depends on how you feel about spoilers. So, again, spoiler warning for, you know, Detective Pikachu. You haven't seen it yet. And, again, I'll have a stamp down in the description about when the actual discussion begins for the video games. So, yeah, going forward, you had your warning. We're going forward. The first, like, five to ten minutes of Detective Pikachu is goddamn amazing. Like, I felt emotional watching it, okay? When you spend the first two minutes of the movie, I'm not lying. It's, like, straight up maybe the first two minutes. Is Mewtwo fucking wrecking shit? It looked amazing. Like, the CGI is amazing for the Pokemon. It, it works very well. It seems very realistic. And then the rest of the and then the, the rest of the opening, they do they do a very well thing of showing, like, yeah, catching Pokemon's a thing, and you find a Cubone in the grass, and this kid's trying to catch his Pokemon. Like, it feels like that's what catching Pokemon would actually do, but it doesn't focus on it. It's kind of like, yeah, we adjust that. Like, the movie does very well in just saying, yes, this is a thing, but it's not the focus of the movie. That's what's amazing. It's not just going around and catching Pokemon and stuff like that. It's it's very – I felt there's a lot of ties to the first Pokemon movie that had Mewtwo and Ash, you know, addressing that whole issue with him being captured and having that very quotable line about Mewtwo mentioning about understanding his reason for birth and yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of parallels, though, because the movie doesn't focus on the capturing. It does at the beginning. It says, okay, moving on. And then, oh, my God, this, that, that scene of Rhyme City when, you, when, when Tim first arrives at Rhyme City. Oh, it's amazing. Like, you see this seamless integration of human and Pokemon. Like, people driving cars around, and there's a Machamp having to direct traffic because a Snorlax fell asleep in the intersection. Like, even though the Pokemon and the humans can't communicate, like, verbally, there's just this beautiful blend between them. And it just, like I said, I felt so emotional. I'm like, oh my, because I'm not a huge Pokemon fan right now. But I remember playing Pokemon when I was younger and it being a big thing and everything. I, I feel a little bit of nostalgia there. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, what it is. Like, straight up, this is what, like, this is Pokemon in the 21st century. This is what it could be if it was a reality. So it feels so seamless and it's a crime noir it's a noir movie and i like those kind of movies like 
it's still a kids movie, so it's not heavy handed. It's not dramatic or bloody or anything like that. Even though there is some violence, like there's a scene that this woman really should be covered in blood, but she isn't. Yo, know, whatever. It's a kids movie's Pokemon. I'll forgive it for that. And the way the story goes, like character talks to one guy who goes to the next person, talks to them, goes to the next person. Like it's it's very straightforward. You know, it's very straightforward with how it does the story, but it's still kind of cool. And, you know, the twist at the end is kind of cool. I liked all that. The reason why I'm like, about it, Ryan Reynolds was not a good choice for this movie. Okay, everyone knows that he was the voice of Detective Pikachu. I don't know if it was his choice or the writer's choice, but it felt like every other line from Ryan Reynolds was a witty one-liner or joke. You know, just heavy-handed, and it ruined the entire mood of the movie. Like, there were some emotional bits in the movie. Hell, there's that scene finally comes where, you know, that they always talk about, like, the third act breakup and rom-con, stuff like that. Well, that happens in this movie, where Pikachu leaves the main character because reasons, and it's right at the same time that the big bad is fulfilling his big baddie plan. So everyone's like, oh my god, like everything's kind of like tensing up, shit's getting serious, Pikachu runs off, and immediately the scene turns to Pikachu crying, understandably, he's upset, but he's crying while sad singing, like, you know, depressed singing, the Pokemon theme song? Like, how is that even a thing in this universe? Like, yeah, there's Pokemon battles, but, again, it's not the highlight. So, how is Pokemon theme song a thing? And, wait, why are you just having that plugged in? Why is the opening scene where Pikachu first meets our main character, Tim, and they get attacked? He's too busy just running and just being witty. Like, it's not that he's trying to help. It's not that he's being a dick. He's just, like, saying stupid shit. And it just ruins the mood of the whole movie. And, like, I was so happy when he wasn't talking. You know, I'm not saying every joke is bad. Like, he's Ryan Reynolds. He's a funny guy. He really is. He just gets typecasted that way all the time. And I felt like he was acting more like Deadpool without all the vulgarness in Detective Pikachu. Like, that's what it kind of felt like. So, I was so happy when he wasn't talking. I'm not going to lie. It was really good the moments when he wasn't talking. And the moments that he also shined were the times, like, it actually built to the story. Because... He didn't contribute to the story because of what all his jokes did not contribute to the story at all. They really didn't. So, like, everything else I loved. I loved the actors. The acting was good. They didn't really have, like, big-named actors in it. So, you see a movie with Will Smith, he's going to act like Will Smith. You see a movie with Hugh Jackman, he's going to act like Hugh Jackman. Like, they, they have that typecast that it works for them. Don't get me wrong. But you always know what to expect when you see them in a movie. Since majority of the actors movie were no names, it was kind of cool to see them acting. And it was a very diverse cast, too. Like, seriously, you had an Asian guy was a police lieutenant. You had the main character, Tim, was... Yeah, he was, I don't know if it's like... He was darker skinned, so it was black or... Some some other, like, maybe Middle Eastern. I wasn't entirely sure. He was of kind of, like, that brown skin color. You had this white chick who was a reporter. You had a British guy who was the head of one of the companies. You know, it was it was cool, like, seeing this diversity, how everyone interacted. Like I said, enjoyable. I liked it. 
I like those little things. So yeah, they having Ryan Reynolds as the focus in the movie because obviously the focus was Detective Pikachu, this Pokemon that could talk. Killed it. it the, sh- the focus should have been a crime noir in a Pokemon City because the time that it did do that, like there's the scene with Mr. Mime that they had the commercials for, was hilarious. Like the jokes there worked because that's who Mr. Mime is. Like he is a very visual comedian and pairing it with the auditory from the characters trying to figure out how to communicate with this guy that doesn't talk. Brilliant. And Ryan Bell's jokes there worked brilliantly. People focus on, sometimes, creators focus on one aspect of a game, and it kills everything. That goes for movies and games. Like, this is where we're trying to transition in. So, I'll timestamp the nine-minute mark. This is where we're starting to talk about games. So, if you're here, if you skipped right here, you missed Detective Pikachu stuff, don't worry. You're all good. People focus in, sometimes, on one little thing when they're making something, and it kills the whole vibe of whatever it is they're creating. And there's a game I talked about a long time ago when I did the Play NYC Expo back in the summertime in Manhattan. And I found this game, Avaria Versus. I still can't pronounce the name right. I apologize. It'll be typed out in the description so you can try and pronounce it yourself. All right. I apologize. I, English, I struggle for reasons. All right. Now, I was really interested in this game when I first saw it because I played Final Fantasy games when I was younger and I... I kind of enjoyed that whole turn-based squad combat kind of thing. I enjoy those kind of games. And this game, at the time, and it still is. Like It, it was released recently. That's why I'm bringing it up. It was released recently. It still has that whole three-man fight, you know, squad battle, stuff like that. But because it focuses on PvP, it's real-time. So you have a timer that you have to choose the actions for all three of your people before time is up. And, of course, you don't know what the other person on the other side is choosing because they're choosing at the same time you are. And then, based on character speed, it plays out. And what happens that turn happens, and the next turn happens, and you have to react to that. And I remember, you know, we talked about this when I did this episode way long ago, back in the summer. Most of the, the debuffs focus on altering the player, which is really cool, like inverting controls. I think they, they had a daze, but I think they got rid of the daze, which sucks, because the daze was like... You had another timer on top of the normal timer that this character had, like, you had, like, two or three seconds to decide what to do with this character. So there's a little extra time crunch there, which was pretty cool. I like that. There's this new one they have where, like, the screen gets all kind of, like, staticky and glitchy. Like, nothing major. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing major, but it's just a cool little thing added on that you have to worry about. And there's one that's it's actually a really cool one that makes you – it always takes, like, an extra, you know, half second to figure out where it inverts the targeting. So let's say you use an attack that attacks all members of the enemy party. Well, the game is designed that you can attack anyone with your attack. So you can attack the enemy party or your own party. You can single target anyone. So one of the debuffs is if it's a standard attack action that attacks an enemy, it automatically starts targeting one of your people and you have to make remember to hit the X button to switch and change the party you're targeting. So the, all those elements are still there, which is really cool. And the diversity of characters is really cool. They have 16 characters, so it's four classes with four characters per class. And they're actual characters. Like, they are named. They have personalities and stuff like that. So it's not just, like, subclass or whatever. It's actual people in the classes. So there's those 16 unique individuals. And from there, you don't just pick three of them and go. When you pick one, they then have one of two options. 
like karma wit something like that like two different options that the the three main abilities stay the same but how they're upgraded changes and the additional stuff so like what they call your focus burn which is your big penultimate move that you can use when you hit level five and once every other time after that's like when you hit level six you can use it again level seven you can use it again etc etc that changes and the item they have changes also so those having those you have essentially for the first pick on your team 32 options but then once you pick let's say you pick a uh, a servo for your team which are these, these little robots they're really cool if you pick a servo, you can't pick a servo again. You can only have one of a class type in your team. So in the end, you'll have three different characters, one from each of the unique classes. But again, that, that split. So there's a lot of options. Like there's a lot of options going into the first person you pick. There's like 32 options. The next person you pick, you get rid of eight from the 32. So you have 24 options, and you have 16 options. So do the math on that with how many teams you can make, how many different unique teams you can make. It's a lot. So yeah, all these there's all these cool little things, and the combat's pretty cool. It's very smooth. It's smooth. The animations it looks great, and just kind of like the banter that goes on during combat. Some of the characters like they say things, especially when they do the focus burn, they'll say some stuff, which is pretty cool. And should you revive someone, they have a comment on that based on their character. So like I said, there's some personality to it. For being a multiplayer focused game, there's some really cool personality to it, and it's nice. And they still have that whole judgment thing that after a certain amount of time goes by, they start offing characters. So whoever has the lowest health after a certain amount of time gets killed. doesn't matter what team they're on. Then the timer restarts, and it goes quicker. So eventually the match will end. Like, it cannot stalemate. The match will end. Which, again, I like that. Because then you can revive people, and the one character focuses only on healing and reviving. You could go into an endless loop of never losing. So they have the judgment thing, which forces someone to lose. This is all good things. You know, it's I brought up Detective Pikachu because this game is similar to that where there's a lot of goodness to it and then there's like one or two things that just butcher it for me. And talking about this game, it makes me wonder today, you know, in our day and age, can we add esport as a genre? You have puzzle games, that's a genre. Horror games, that's a genre. First-person shooters, third-person shooters, RPGs. All these different things are genres. When you buy the game, you know what to expect going into it. Based on trails and stuff like that, but also based on genre. When you buy a game labeled as a FPS, a first-person shooter, you know that regardless of what happens in the game, you're going to be looking through the eyes of the main character or characters if there's multiple you're going to have some sort of gun on you or weapon that shoots something, and you're going to be going around shooting things. You know to expect that when you buy an RPG. You know to expect a possibly lengthy story. But more importantly, character growth. A character that grows over time, both as a person and like getting levels or abilities or something like that. You know what to get as an RPG. So eSports... Now, me, I'm not an eSporter. Like, I wasn't really interested in that area. One is, pff, I'm not that good at games. Like, I like talking about games. And, you know, I watch a lot of YouTubers who are gamers, and I see, like, these great collections. They have, like, Angry Video Game Nerd, and I'm incredibly jealous of the amount of games he has. Me, my collection is very small. When I was growing up, Mama didn't like to buy me a lot of games. You know, 
there are a lot of reasons. It's not that she was mean. I'm not saying that at all. She had a lot. Of, we had a lot of things going on as a family. So the amount of money I was given to buy games, I was still happy with. You know. So now in my my adult age, I'm spending more money to get all those games that I missed playing out on. But yeah, I'm not the greatest at games. So esports was never my thing because I'm not just I'm not that good at them. And I don't even I'm not even really interested in watching them because, as I'm sure you all know, if you listen to me. My interest in games is more about the creativity and the enjoyment and, you know, playing on the couch with friends. So the reason why I feel like esports can be a genre now, because Averyverse sells itself as an esport. And that, for me, is what's killing my vibe for it. It's not that it's a multiplayer-focused game. I've played multiplayer-focused games in the be- in the past. I have. And I still do to this day, like... I enjoy playing Heroes of the Storm every now and then. And heck, my buddies online, him and I team up and we do ranked or unranked matches. Like, I don't mind playing those kind of games that focus all multiplayer. This game, though, coming from an indie studio, which indie's indie's a big name now. Like, you still have AAA titles, but indie studios, they're making their mark. They're making it hard these past couple of years. Like, holy shit. So this game... Focus is so hard on being an eSport at times that I feel it's neglecting a couple things in their game. One of the biggest things that happened to me was I bought the game upon release, okay? Now, quick little backstory. This game originally, Averyverse, originally was supposed to come out back in November of 2018, okay? Now, I'm a part of the Discord channel, so I, you know, I was involved in the announcements and stuff like that. It was supposed to come out Late November 2018. But then they pushed it back to this month. So it was released on... uh, I don't have the exact date in front of me. Don't yell at me. The 9th. That's what it was. The 9th. It was officially released on the 9th of this month. May 9th, 2019. I remember that day. Because I saw the announcement in the morning. Like, holy shit. I downloaded it. So it was pushed back. What is that? Six months or so? Something like that? It got a pretty hefty pushback. Because it, And it got that hefty pushback because it was one of two things. I remember they, they made an announcement on the Discord. It was either they won they won some money, like they got an award and they came with some money. So they're like, okay, cool. Now we got a bigger budget. We're going to do more. Or they had like a partnership. It was one or the other. Something happened that it allowed them to expand the game further. So they pushed back the release date. Cool. That's, it, it, that's really cool because we've had it before where developers say, oh, we're pushing it back because we're idiots. They're saying, these guys are saying, no, we're pushing it back because, by the way, we have a bigger opportunity now. And they took it. Cool. So when I bought the game and they had extra time to do the game and they did beta testing, why is it on a multiplayer-focused game, I play an online match and the game softlocks on the the match end screen? So, like, you're given XP and stuff like that for completing a match, so you might unlock rewards and shit like that. I'm a rank three. I'm a rank three. Why is it when the match ends, it's only shows that I'm a rank 10 and the level up bar is frozen, yada, yada, yada. I, like, I couldn't go anywhere. I had a, eventually it said, like, there's a communication error, but that's after I was trying to close the game out by hitting the window key and, you know, task manager, yada, 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 doing all that stuff. And finally said a communication error and the game shut down. I, no. I've played indie games before. I've done beta testing before. I understand you're making a game. You're a small team. Shit happens. Shit happens. That's fine. The reason why I'm like, 
ticked off about this. It's you were given extra time with extra funds from partnerships to work on this game. And two, the they've done they did beta testing, which is a smart idea. With that extra time they had, they did extra beta testing. You know what the beta testing was? Them doing online tournaments. How do you rationalize spending all these extra months doing tournaments online? Like straight up, there were big announcements about it and all this other stuff. Like doing tournaments online and you still have this bug upon release? Like, how did you miss that? How did you miss that? I'm kind of sitting there like, really? How did this get pulled off? Like I said, I, I've played plenty of games in the past from indie studios through beta testing, initial release, and stuff like that, that, you know, it was small little projects, and I've seen it. It's the situation of this game, the setting of this game, just, it rubbed me the wrong way with having that kind of bug, considering this is a game that's all about the esports. And I'm not just pulling this whole esport thing out of my ass. You can go to their website. You can go straight to their website, averyverse.com. And if you look at the top, it starts you on the about page, which is what it's about, having their official gameplay trailer and stuff like that. And as you scroll down on their about page, there's four things. Avery Verse, experience ultra-fast turn-based combat in Avery Verse, command 16 unique heroes, wield mind-bending real-life debuffs. You know, they're giving you the breakdown to what the game is. Combat, crush your opponents with telekinetic mana-based and arcane abilities, upgrading the heat of battle. Cool. Heroes, with 16 unique heroes, each equipped with two distinct archetypes. There are over 2,000 party companies to discover and master. They're just, they're giving you the breakdown of the game. Cool. The fourth thing on that list, it says tournaments. Compete for cash and prizes in Avery's tournaments online and around the globe and gain entry to the seasonal championship. And then at the top on their toolbar, there is obviously the Eng- the uh, language you can pick. So English for me, because English. I'm on the about page, which is where it starts. And then right next to that, it says esports. It says esports right there. <laughs> so like I said, I'm not pulling shit out of my ass about this being an eSports-focused game. They even had a launch weekend tournament. Okay? They make this big deal about this being an eSports game. Yet, you still had this softlock bug after an online match that kept me from doing anything in the game. How did that slip by? How? And... The other thing is the the balancing is off. I mentioned earlier there's that one character, Laris. He's all about healing. Healing and reviving. The, some of the teams I fought had one of him. And it did not matter what I did. I couldn't win. My damage output could not match the amount of healing he did. And there's also regeneration, which is standard. Like RPG games have regeneration abilities and have degeneration. So they have both those. Both you can gain HP every time you do something. You can lose HP every time you do something. Standard. Cool. That's fine. The amount of healing he does, and they did do a, I saw a patch note, they did reduce the amount of healing he's done. Thank God. But it's like, the amount of healing that was done to that regeneration, and it lasted a very long time because its stacks are in this game. If you cast, if you give someone regeneration and then give someone regeneration again, it just adds time to it. Makes sense. But what happens, like, let's say I do 400 damage to the character, and then on their turn, they regen 500. How am I supposed to beat that? And that's just normal regeneration. That's not Laris healing more on top of that. 
So there's this very imbalanced amount of things. And then this one ability, which also got debuffed, thank God, said, I give maximum stacks and a heal to everyone on my team. It's one of those focus burn things that can only happen. You start at level zero and you can do it at level five. It's one of those things at level five that says, I will give my entire party maximum stacks for all the buffs you can have, plus heal them. Eat your fucking heart out. I'm going to win. Now, yeah, I could beat that if I had Dispel. But you're telling me, like, the amount of number crunch that goes into esports, it, it's a number crunch game. How do you optimize a team? All right? There is still some skill because you have to be able to react to your opponent. Don't get me wrong. There is some reaction that goes into your opponent. Okay? At the end of the day, though, it is that number crunching. Like, the times that I played Heroes of Storm in, you know, online ranked matches and stuff like that, I'd be ta- I'd listen to my buddy Mudge, and I'd be like, look, man, here are the heroes I am comfortable playing as. You tell me who to play because certain heroes, count, you know, counter other heroes very well. It's like if someone is like a prime example that for me personally, I like playing Murky in Heroes of the Storm. If you ever played Heroes of the Storm, you know who Murky is. He's a Murloc. He has next to no health. He can spawn wherever he wants. He can drop an egg and set that as his spawn, and he's worth less XP to the enemy team every time he dies. So there's that balance there. He has less health, but he can spawn anywhere, and he's worth XP. However, if there is a Butcher on the enemy team, I will never play Murky, because even though Murky is worth less XP to the enemy team because he has less health, he still gives Butcher 15 stacks of meat just like any other hero kill he does. Meaning, if Butcher is fighting a Murky it's much more likely that that Butcher is going to get his maximum stack of meats and be unstoppable quicker than he would in any other match. Again, someone who's playing a skillful Murky or someone who's a fucking idiot as Butcher, it, you know, the Murky could still win. But when it comes down to the numbers, you don't do Murky versus Butcher. And so Avery versus the few times I played online and the discussions I'm seeing on the Discord, there's, like, the prime teams, the teams that, like, optimize everything like this is the optimal team to play because okay might not have a d spell ability within the team but because i can give myself so many fucking stacks and heals it doesn't matter what you do to me i can just survive it so if you're good at number crunching and you're the kind of person that wants to sit down and comb through everything yeah you're gonna figure out the optimal strategy and then nothing else matters like you can just use the optimal strategy and this isn't just i'm not just bashing this game like i said there's a lot of good stuff in this game that I really enjoy. I just feel that they focus so much on the esports section. Things fell short, and they were so big on competition that the overall feel of the game, the overall balance of the game, the overall enjoyment of the game was lost to just, we're doing tournaments, and we're doing competitions. And there's other games that have fallen for this also. Remember Evolve? Like, I, I think this game, Avery Versus, I believe is going to last. Like, it's not going to die out real quick. Like, Apex Legends... Died quickly. It, it rose up and died quickly. Evolve rose quickly and died out quickly. Okay? They were focused big on competition. You know, Evolve was being very innovative for its time. Apex Legends was really big on Battle Royale, but three a three-man squad. Very competitive, and it died out quickly. Sometimes this whole competition mindset and this whole esports mindset really rips things away from a game. Like, look at Rocket League. Rocket League became pretty big in the esports area. 
I mean, it's soccer and cars. Makes sense. But it's like, it was good, but it's still there. Like, it's still a game, yes. And there's still a player base to it, yes. But it's it's not as big as it was. Like, it, it has big opportunity when it was first released. And then kind of just, you know, the, the hardcore players, the people that really wanted to play, still play it. But that's really it. A game When a game focuses so hard on this idea of being the next big competitive game, it kind of slips up in the fact that it's a game. Like, baseball will always be a thing because people like baseball. The entire point of baseball is the fact that it is a sport. It's competitive. 100%. Games aren't that. Video games, I should say, aren't that. Because you can still say baseball's a game. Video games aren't that. They're, the birth of video games wasn't solely on competition. It was first looking at, look at this really cool thing we can do now with TVs, where you can play a game against your TV, essentially. I remember some, I can't remember what it was called, but some of the first video games was just a bunch of light and buzzers, and what you did is you had a transparent sheet that you put over the screen to act as the quote-unquote level that then you interacted with. That was the birth of video games, was, hey, look what happens when you put a bunch of lights and noises together. You can do this thing on your TV. <sighs> Mind blown. And from there it developed. You know, we turned it to Pong, which was the first real, you know, home name was Pong, which was versus another player, but you still do versus a computer. And even the arcades, yeah, there was some competition in the arcades of trying to get the highest score, but in the end, you weren't versing someone else to get a higher score. You were seeing, do you know the game as well as Joe Blow Kid down the block? You know, that kid that's top of the leaderboards in this arcade game, it's because he knows that game inside and out. He has the dexterity, she has the knowledge, it has the ability to get the furthest in that game, whatever gender stuff you want to do, because that's a fucking thing of this century. You know, that was the competition. It was me trying to learn this game better than you and fight the game. You know, Averyverse and other eSport games, it's still knowing the game better than someone else. Like I said, it's math. You crunch the numbers to find the most optimal strategy to play the game and the most optimal team to use. But you're still versing another human being that if you both use the same team, who's smarter with that team? There's that competitiveness of the sport but those arcade games because you weren't for the most part some of the later arcade games did involve multiple joysticks and multiple players yes for the majority of those classic arcade games though it was still the player versus the computer and because you found out how the computer worked you found out patterns strategies whatever it got you to the, the high score and then if you wanted to beat this kid and get the high score you had to learn the game just as he did and do better hell there's actually a really hilarious, I gotta watch the show anymore, but there's this really hilarious Bob's Burgers episode that is exactly that. Bob wants to get better at this game because he has his arcade game in his store. And so his rival across the street comes in and beat, like, puts a high score at the number one slot. He actually gets all the high scores and puts in, you know, some insult to Bob, you know, in the game as like the high score name. So Bob wants to get better to put his name at the top. And, you know, like, get rid of this, these insults. 
So it's not Bob fighting someone else. It's Bob actually getting trained by this kid who says straight up, you got to learn the game, Bob. I think it was an amazing episode for that reason. And so if you want to build competition in your games, it's tough. Because if you solely focus on we want to be an eSport, we want to be competitive, you're immediately losing the fact that you're making a video game. <laughs> and it's elect- it's electronic sport. The electronic part, the part that is the game, is still there. And you throw it caution to the wind with doing that because you want to make an eSports thing. I feel something is lost. And going back to this whole Heroes of Storm example, I love playing with my friend Mudge. The few times him and I are online together because we have various, we have very different schedules. He's very busy. I'm busy at different times. Like it's hard for us to meet up and play. When we play like a ranked match online or even unranked, like some serious PvP stuff, he gets like he can get upset at times. Like if we lose a match, and like I feel something. Like we've lost matches together that we shouldn't have. Like. Just piss poor playing, bad teammates, stuff like that. But that's the thing. Like, we start getting like, ugh, our team's playing bad. We get upset because we lost this competition. And like I said, Munch, he's a really good player. He's high ranking. He's part of a team and everything. It's really, he's really cool. He's a great guy. But we start to lose that sense of it being a game because we get so caught up in the competition. And it kind of ruins the experience. When he and I play other games that aren't competitive, but still cooperative, so we still play together, like, do you. What was it? Uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, the, the Dwarven mining game where you play as dwarves and you go mining, pursue the generated worlds, yada, yada, yada. We have a lot of fun playing that. We just kind of kick back and bullshit for a bit and hang out. And it feels good. Because that's the thing. It's like when we're playing something like Deep Space, it's a game. You know, it's a game that we just want to hang out and play and enjoy and do better and, like, you know, get those minerals and stuff like that. But when we play an eSport, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, when we're playing that ranked match, yeah, it's still about playing together, don't get me wrong, but we never played Cho'Gall. Like, him and I, we love playing Cho'Gall. We've had a blast in the past playing as Cho'Gall, but if we ever do any sort of, like, online fight now that we want to win, we don't play Cho'Gall. It just it doesn't work out anymore. It's like he's not, he's not that good in competitiveness anymore, so we don't play him. And that's the thing, like, we sacrifice some of the enjoyment of playing the game so we can win. I mean, those days that I'll be like, hey, Mud, you want to just say fuck it? He's like, yeah, fuck it. We'll play Cho'Gall, because fuck it. Why not? We just want to have some fun. But yeah, that, that idea of having a competition, having that win, it peels back some of the entertainment for me. And I mean, hey, if you're a competitive person, honestly, if you're really into esports and you're a competitive player, and that is your thing, that is your jam, and you enjoy doing that, I highly, highly recommend Averyverse for that reason because it wants to be an eSport and they're totally building it in that direction. They're totally shaping that. So if you're that competitive person, pick the game up, okay? If you're that competitive person, play ranked matches on Heroes of the Storm. I won't do it. Have fun. I'll be over here doing something else. It just upsets me that there can be great potential in something but people let it get away from them because of one little thing. You know, I talked about Detective Pikachu earlier, and what I thought was the one thing wrong with that movie that took away a lot from that movie, I see with some games when they want to focus on being eSports, all about the competition, 
and it hurts. It really does. I mean, look at Halo, okay? Look at Halo. Halo was, I mean, the, the concept of esports wasn't even a thing back when Halo was released. Halo just wanted to focus on, hey, here's this cool story, single player, and hey, here's this great opportunity to play with friends on the couch, multiplayer. And then, of course, Xbox Live allowed it to be done online, yada, yada, yada. But at the core of it, it was still Halo. Like, every iteration of the game was still focused on developing the story further of Master Chief and this whole war going on in space, as well as just improving multiplayer. It never wanted to get competitive. It was their focus. I mean, granted, they never had to, but their focus never turned to can this be a big scene competitive game? Can this be an eSport? It was just focused on how do we improve the multiplayer each time? How do we take what we know now, the technology we have, and the skills we developed to improve the multiplayer? And you know what? For the majority of it, it worked. I fucking hated Halo 4. The multiplayer was trash. I despised it. Never played Guardians because I, I just didn't get interested because that focused more on the multiplayer. Like Guardians focused more on the multiplayer and the story that they had there... Just wasn't making sense to me. Like, Cortana's now evil. Like, I don't know. The Halo 4 really botched things, I feel. Like, after that, they've been having a hard time recovering from that, I feel. But, like, Halo Reach? Mwah. Halo, I fucking loved Reach. I loved the story, the narrative. I loved playing through that campaign. And, like, the multiplayer, going back to this whole idea of them building up on the multiplayer, instead of focusing on one thing, they just said, just keep improving the multiplayer. I feel Reach was a pinnacle. Reach did things very well for that reason they took so much of what made previous multiplayer good and stuff like griff ball and stuff like that things that the community developed like i remember i remember zombies from halo 2 when it before zombies was an actual game mode i remember how people came up with this idea of zombies where you would have to switch teams sword only etc etc and it was a big hit people loved playing it. it became kind of like a cult thing because it wasn't folk it wasn't a focus of the game it wasn't a mode so you just had a be with people who knew what they were doing and agreed to play this game mode. Like, you trusted each other enough to play this right, to do it. And then the next Halo, holy shit, zombies is a thing now! Because they just wanted to improve the multiplayer. Not worry about the, a ranking system. Like, obviously they, were, they had ranks and shit like that, but there was no focus on the rank system. If you wanted to just play Halo, you could play Halo. If you wanted to be a ranked player in Halo and be, you know, top shit... Then you played that, and you had, like, people would play specifically Slayer, you know, 10 kills wins, you know, just whatever. It was there, and it appealed to the great uh, bigger crowd, and so Halo was able to thrive, keeping that multiplayer thing at the core, and then the additional stuff around it. These esports games sometimes, you know, even like, you know, Rocket League and stuff like that, do the opposite. It's worried about, how do we make this really competitive game, and then miss the game aspect of it that's kind of what happened to evolve it was so focused on being innovative and being the next big thing it killed itself because it didn't think about what else does this game need it's like we're being innovative 1v4 combat cool what else well you fight giant monsters as a team of hunters but what else like they lost themselves in their innovation Esports, I feel, esports should really just be a genre in its own. Like, you're on Steam or whatever, and they have, like, the little tags of, like, you know, indie, RPG, FPS, adventure, whatever. 
I feel like esports. I don't know if it's actually a thing. I actually should check that right now since I'm talking about this, and I'm not. Ta- I make sure I don't talk out my ass. <laughs> but that that should be like at the top of the page now. Like I'm looking for an RPG game. I'm looking for an adventure game. I'm looking for an esports game because that requires a much different mindset of a player. I don't enjoy playing FPSs anymore. They're still good. Like, I'll still play Halo. Like, I got nostalgia for Halo. I'll still go back and play Rainbow Six Vegas 2. I got nostalgia for that. There are some first-person shooter games that I will play. But a majority of things, like, nowadays, if I see that for FPS, I really don't look into it. Exploration-type games? If I see that tag, I really don't go for it, you know? So... If I'm looking into a game, I feel when I see the tags... Okay, yeah, so here's the thing. The tags on every versus, it says Indie, Strategy, RPG. I can see those. I I, def, I definitely see those. And they have the, you know, the little description on Steam. Okay. I can totally, like, I see where they're going with that. But it's like I'm saying, unless you scroll down and read more into it, you're not going to get that vibe of it being an esports game. Hell, like... Okay, Averyverse launch tournament. Their launch tournament. There's a $5,000 cash prize. Shit, that's good money, yo. But you see what I'm saying? Like, their focus is elsewhere. So, again, this isn't me trying to rip the game apart. Okay? If I came across like that, I'm sorry. That, that was not my intention that I came across as I hate the game. Because there's a lot that I like here. And I think there's a lot that this game could do. Just their focus is not where my focus is. Their focus is of an eSports manner when my focus isn't there. So if you like playing eSports, definitely check it out, you know? I'm just upset, like, damn, if 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 they didn't focus on eSports and they focused a little bit elsewhere, I think I'd be more invested in this game. So yeah, eSports, they're a genre, like, they're a genre nowadays. Like that's that's that. Games can be labeled as an esports game, straight up. Like baseball, football, soccer, lacrosse, whatever. Like those are all sports, but they're you know all different in their own way. Fundamentally, have some similarities. Yes, have ball, put ball in place. You know, for the most part, baseball being hit ball as far as possible and run really fast. As you can tell, I don't play a lot of sports. You know. Esports games have similar backings too about that competition. Okay, what most of the time it's one person versus another person, but it's team based, it's team based, whatever. Fundamentally, they're in a different place than other video games, and that's why casual became a tag because things like I, I mean, I just I, it's easy to go to things like Dark Souls, Cuphead, stuff like that aren't casual games because of what they demand from the player. So we came up with the casual tag. Like, you can tag a game as casual, and you might hate it because it's casual. Okay? Esports. We can start tagging games as esports. We can start making that a tag as a genre, saying it's the esports genre. It's a thing now. It's a thing nowadays. So again, if you're interested, pick up Avery Versus if, if you like esports. I highly recommend it, right? As a non-esportser myself, looking at it, I highly recommend it. Check it out, okay? 
If not, then don't. Okay, I'm looking at the reviews. I'm seeing, yeah, I, what, I'm seeing in the reviews what some of the thumbs down reviews make sense. Some of them don't. Okay, the one not recommended review is why do I need to play a mini game to use ultimate skills? I think this one's great. Like, honestly, I love that. That's, again, I'm saying there are good parts about A-Reverse. That whole, like, little mini game thing is pretty cool. It sucks that it takes from your time. So if you want to use it, you have to know what it does right away and have the time to use it so you can get to everyone else in your group because the time it takes to play that minigame, it's taking out of your time for your turn. So, yeah. Here. All that does not work for me. Okay? Other people talk about, like, it's a passion project. It, it's a competitive game that breaks down very well. So you see what I'm saying? I feel like not labeling things right away as an esports or a casual game or an RPG or whatever, not using the proper labels right away, confuses people. And since this is not like, if you do a backyard baseball game with a bunch of friends, okay, maybe you lost some time if you didn't like it, but that's really it. Games, on the other hand, video games, when you're investing money into it, it's like when you go to the movies, you want to know at least a little bit of what you're getting into. You know, if I'm picking up a game, it's tw- and it's $20. Like, it's not like they're asking a lot. It's $20, which, holy shit, that's a nice price, you know? What they should do is just give us a, give us proper labels right away, okay? So, yeah, that's going to be the end of this rant. Not that, I, I don't know, like, kind of where I sit right now with this game because I still want to keep my eye on it. I still want to try it out, especially as they go through and release updates and patches and stuff like that. I still kind of want to check out the game. But I'm finding it tough to keep my my time invested there. I'm finding it hard because it's not my style of game. So I don't want to hate my... Like, not hate it. It's not really that I don't want to hate it. I just don't want to... Ugh, like just feel kind of ugh, after playing it because it's not my my style so yeah i'm sorry my allergies are back again that that's that you know i've kept your time for a solid almost 50 minutes now and it's mother's day so if you're listening to this and you're with your mom if your mom don't want to be listening to this i don't know why the fuck you listen to this right now because it's mother's day so enjoy your time with your mother but if your mother ain't around and you're listening Cool. Thanks for listening on a Sunday. Otherwise, you know, you listen to whatever you listen to it. So, on that note, if any of you listening happen to be mothers, happy Mother's Day to you. If any of you happen to be listening and your mother's around, happy Mother's Day to your mother. Okay? If you're expecting mother, same thing. Happy future Mother's Day to you because you're doing a lot right now waiting to give birth to that child. Like, I'm a guy. I don't know what that it takes to go through all that, but I can only imagine it's a pain in the ass. I have two older sisters and my mother, so I just from hearing from them and watching them go, like my sisters go through all that shit, I can see it's a lot you gotta deal with. So seriously, you know, happy Mother's Day to you and all the shit you do. And when it comes Father's Day time, happy Father's Day to the fathers when we get there. But for now, focus on the mothers. They're there. Give them, give them credit where credit is due, all right? Be nice. So I'm gonna play Witcher 3 now. I got it downloading right now. I, I've been slow to get Witcher 3, so... uh Don't hate me for that. Enjoy your week, everybody. Excuse me. We are uh, approaching episode 50, so next week, again, you'll be – it's a surprise. I love giving surprises to people. So have fun. Take care. 
And you do you, fam. Whatever that means.